0: and welcome to the third episode of Ms. Independent, the podcast that delves into the stories of various different women discovering the lessons they've learned along the way and ultimately what independence means to them. In this episode, I'll be chatting to the fabulous Avocado Ali, life model, creative and body acceptance influencer. Recording this episode was the first time I'd actually spoken to Ali and we were on the call for two and a half hours. It was so much fun to record. I learned so much about her and because there was so much to discuss, um, I decided to break this into two parts. So in this part, you'll be hearing why she became a life model, all about that, and the role of being a body acceptance influencer and a part of the body hair movement. And along with that, the trolls and the online abuse that she's got from it, how she deals with that. And what's really interesting is when we touch on what independence means to her among all of those things. So let's get started. However you're listening, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Ali.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you and just have this conversation. (laughs) What is
0: going on where you are now? Like, Where are you and what time is it? Is is it sunny?
1: So it's, I'm in North Carolina. It's 4.11pm and it's actually really nice out. I thought a storm was going to come. I also just noted, well, sorry, I'm bad at the introductions, but I just see in the background that you have the drawings you did of me. I know, I thought, uh, these have actually been on my wall. And um, like, I just
0: thought, have I got anything of Ali? This is the first one I put on my wall and I actually um, like cut up the drawings and collaged it together.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah,
0: no, I, I know. This. I feel
1: like we we only chatted a little bit via email, and I one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, did could I see the drawings you did of me from that class?
0: <laughs> <laughs> did anybody need to ask. I yeah, right here. <laughs> <laughs> you already know that I spoke to the girls at Brixton, and mm-hmm. they were just like they were talking about the life models, and I was sort of like, how how do you find your life models? And I was like, well, particularly I loved drawing Ali. Like she was my first. Probably one of my first life drawing sessions I'd done online. And I just loved it. And then I was like, straight away, wanted to follow you, see what you're doing. And then they said, I've mentioned it to them and they were like, oh, yeah, well, we can connect to you. Like, it's mad because I literally connected with them like a couple weeks ago. And then, and then we're here. Like, when you were saying how, you know, you felt you wanted, there were publications that wanted to document what you do and you felt, more comfortable speaking to me about it well I hope you still do (laughs) Um, that yeah I'm very honored that you said that so thank you for for joining us
1: today thank you as soon as um they reached out to me I was like you don't even have to tell me anything else I'm down I trust their judgment I don't know them personally but the girls who wanted Brixton we communicated back and forth a little bit before I posed for them I'm like these are really cool chicks so I trusted their judgment
0: I think you just know, don't you, you just sort of, you get a vibe, like even them, I've done a few different life drawing classes, but I joined them and was like, I wanna speak to them. I feel like I, I, in my head, it's always like, I feel like if I, would I go and sit and have a drink with this person and go Mm -hmm. and sit down with them? And in my head it's like, oh yeah, if yes, then I'll wanna talk to them, so.
1: It's so interesting. I feel like I know, I can like tell if I'll get along with someone, off of like one Instagram post it's it's so interesting I feel like now that I, maybe it's because we've all been home so much but I feel like I can see what people are posting online and I'm just like I would get along with that person and then yeah. usually I dm them and then we do get along what do you think it is like you see and then you
0: think you can get on with them
1: I don't know I feel like you can just like judge a person I don't know I feel like you can like pick up on like a vibe or an yeah. aura even online which is so weird I mean I never paid attention to before when I was so active online
0: yeah I think it's like you try and especially online now because we we're so aware of what's there's so much stuff that people post people post out there that's just not realistic so I guess when Mm -hmm. we find something we think oh that's authentic or that person seems themselves like to me Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah I'd want to speak to them because they're not sort of hiding behind
1: like a facade yeah facade. Yeah, Yeah, exactly yeah yeah. Yeah. totally no I think authenticity sticks out especially when there is so much fakeness out there and I think that's why people feel comfortable approaching me is because my Instagram grew so fast and I still don't believe that I have such a big following so I just post like I did when I had a hundred followers you know I'm just like I'm tired and people I don't know like I don't try to like put on an act or anything I'm just like me and people feel like they can approach me and I think that's and that's what I look for in people too is just authenticity. Your Instagram Mm -hmm. when did that because you
0: say you know it really quickly blew up like when did you know was it a year ago when did you see it blowing up and how many followers did you did you have before?
1: So my Instagram blew up in the last like two months so I went through this really depressive period. Um, I have really bad OCD. And and, um, I'm telling you the backstory just because it in my head, that makes sense. So I got laid off from my quote unquote real job. And um, I had been struggling with my OCD, which got me into a really depressive state just because there's a pandemic OCD. I never really had that big of an issue with uh, contamination, but it really triggered it for me. And I really wasn't going outside at all. Um, And then I got laid off and then I just went into this deep depression. I ended up in a very suicidal state, which is very out of character for me. And I went on medication, got things, you know, I got my life back in order. And I like woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to be Instagram famous. And it sounds so like cliche, but I was just like, I'm gonna be a social media influencer. I had always had like had like a thousand to two thousand followers, and then I got a depressive state, and I don't really know what happened. I just started posting more, and I've always posted about body positivity and self acceptance. And something happened. I think it's around when I started doing meditation classes online, and then like one person reposted me, and then it was just this like. Explosion, and now I have over seventeen thousand followers, and that was within yeah like months.
0: But you were still posting the same sort of thing as you were before you sort of found yourself in that depressive state. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, I think I was really when I was in a bad place. I was sleeping for days at a time, and I wasn't posting at all, and I wasn't active on social media. And I really would I would like turn my phone off for like days. Mm -hmm. so I met someone online who was writing a dissertation on females with body hair and we chatted and this is when I had like 3,000 followers on Instagram and then they introduced me to some other like hairy babes and then I ended up being featured on this uh, YouTube channel called the pits project where it's just like chicks talking about their hairy armpits (laughs) and why they they don't shave (laughs) and I think it's just like I don't know I got in that like Loop, and then I started posing for figure drawing classes, and then I ended up in the UK loop, which I I don't know how that happens. I post for so many classes in the UK, and then from there it just kept, yeah, I just kept getting shared, and then a few UK publications started to reach out to me, but they wanted to like sensationalize female body hair in a way that I didn't really feel comfortable with. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: I feel. Cause it's so, probably something that the publications that want to talk about it don't necessarily know about it, or they want to bring you on as like this person who does it, like, look, this person does it.
1: I was just going to say, it's really interesting. I feel like there's this body hair movement that's happening. And that I just feel like me and all these like women or female identifying people or however they identify um, are just like we just haven't been shaving, it's not a whole thing for us. And there's all these publications that are like, women, feel good, hairy, and it's like it's not a thing, it's just how we are, you know, like it's not something that's like I think too much about.
0: It's so true. And the one thing that I was actually like, oh my god, lockdown is over. That means does that mean I have to shave? That's how it was. The first thing I thought, because it was like, I I would forget. I I would just not even think about it because I didn't I didn't need to go outside, and it was so cold as well in the UK. So it's not like I'm going out in dresses. But right, it's just like you just think why why that pressure is to why do I feel like I have to do it? Like who is even looking at my legs? It's probably yourself thinking that because that's how like female images depicted right like we're told that we have to
1: have smooth legs to sort of feel sexy it's so strange ingrained it is into us Since I remember like when I was like nine or eight or nine before I really had body hair I was like I need to shave and I like stole my mom's razor because it's just what you do mm. but you don't really think about it it's just what society tells you to do but I'm such a hairy person and I have so much body hair and it's so much maintenance. And I was just like, why am I spending my time doing this? So much effort, so much effort.
0: And also just time and money as well, (laughs) depending on how you get rid of it.
1: Time. I have really sensitive skin. It hurts me to shave. I get like covered in bumps and, and people are always like, you could get electrolysis. I'm like, why would I spend that much money on electrolysis?
0: And then you see guys, like, just with their hair literally growing as long as, like, our hair on our head. And it's like, well, they, they get away with it.
1: But we... And it's so strange because I'm I'm very heavily bullied on TikTok. And the main thing that people say to me is, you're as hairy as a dude. or Or you are unhygienic and you're not clean. And I'm like, well... Do you think every man who doesn't shave also isn't clean? Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I, that, yeah, it, how do you respond to comments? I like don't that? know why it uh, it. uh, I don't really respond very much anymore. Um, now I kind of have fun with it. Like people are like, "Oh, I'm gonna throw up! You're so gross!" I'm like, "I'll go get you a Pepto Bismol." Like, <laughs> like you're I, joking. It, That's my what people t- say. Oh my God. I get all kinds of stuff. So I started my TikTok in the very beginning of the pandemic because I was bored (laughs) and I was just doing like the Doja Cat dance or like all those other dances everyone else was doing. And then people noticed that I had a unibrow. And then there was a video where I was dancing. You could see my armpit hair. And that's when I blew up on TikTok. That was before I kind of got a larger Instagram following. And um, the reason my TikTok blew up is because a guy duetted so he like made a video side by side with my video and when I lift my arms up you can see my armpit hair he spits at the camera and throws a shoe at the camera like he wants to throw a shoe at me yeah and so rude yeah and I get stuff like that all the time and then these other people started like making response videos to him telling him that he's a jerk or whatever. And that's when my Instagram blew up and uh, my TikToks have been played on some like video podcasts and they're making fun of me and they're saying there's this one called your mom's house, which apparently everyone watches that podcast. I don't. And what did he say? One of the hosts says that I look like a 70 year old cab driver with my eyebrows and they're just like bullying me. I think that's their shtick, but still, it's just weird. It's just weird. People just need something to talk about. Literally. Yeah. That
0: is it. Yeah. When I like thought about asking you the question, have you been trolled? I, I didn't think it was going to be stuff like that. And the fact that people have the courage to even write that and feel okay with them. Like, if I feel like if I was to ever write that or even say that to someone, you'd feel like that isn't right. <laughs> that that is not going to do any good to the person who's receiving it or myself.
1: Like it doesn't make you feel good about yourself. No. You, yeah. That's oh. the most recent thing uh, happened was I have my business email attached to my Instagram and someone sent me an email address from some website. So you can't email the person back and they called me this C word. And that said, they said I was so fat and hairy and disgusting. And that, like, I make them want to throw up, and that I don't know. People call, call me all kinds of stuff. Call me a gorilla. Tell me I look like the. Oh, there's a commercial here for Geico Insurance where it's a caveman, so everyone always says Geico. Oh my god, I'm so. Yeah. Well, you
0: look gorgeous, I must say. Thank you. Like, you gen. Like you. even when I was doing the life drawing, I was like, "This girl, I thoroughly enjoyed drawing your body, <laughs> just because <laughs> I just you. found it like." You, you, you oozed confidence. It just felt like you, do, you were doing this because you're comfortable to like actually look at this and mm. appreciate it. It's funny, isn't it? In the world of like life drawing, and then Instagram, whatever other sort of forms of looking at you, there's so different responses. The dichotomy
1: is insane. It really is. It's just, like, people, like, I get, it's so, there's, like, no middle ground. It's, like, people are like, you're disgusting. You, like, you should, well, I don't really get death threats, but my friend does, but people are just like, no one's ever going to love you. You're nasty. And then I have artists who are like, can I pay you to draw you? (laughs) Like, you're so beautiful. So it's strange having this stark contrast. Would people actually come up to you and say this? No. I, people, stare at me but But, online people have
0: this like they're able to to say these things but walking down the street or seeing that person they're not exactly gonna say it
1: I was just gonna say I was on a first date once and uh I lifted my arm up and then I saw the double take when he saw my armpit (laughs) hair. like stuff like that happens but it's not really a negative it's just like oh I'm not used to that yeah but I think the only time people will say something is children because they just say what they see. <laughs> <laughs> so Funny, like, she has hair. This yeah. It's more just like I was babysitting once and this kid goes, you have a big belly. And I'm like, I <laughs> do have a big belly. <laughs> she, but he was like, you're pretty and you have long hair and blah, blah, blah. And you have a big belly. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just so like observant and say what they see. Yeah. I feel like that's
0: how we should all be. It might yeah. be quite an insulting place, but we will at least say what we feel.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think,
0: you know, as we're talking around the subject, you doing life drawing, you posting stuff on Instagram of yourself, blah, blah, blah. How did you get into life drawing in the first place?
1: Um, so I went to school for art. I paint, I was also a ceramics major. Um, and I always wanted to be a figure, like a model. I always really admired the models. But I think in college I didn't really have the confidence to. And then something happened where I went on medication uh, a few months ago for my OCD, where I wasn't sleeping very much. And I started just messaging random accounts. Like that's how I got my first brand deal, my first paid brand deal was because I just like messaged a vibrator company and (laughs) and they paid me to do it. And I think in the middle of the night, I just started looking at life drawing Instagrams and I wrote to a couple of them and I was like, Hey, do you need a model? And I think, cause I was like somewhat delirious. I just like, didn't have any inhibitions <laughs> and I probably was doing have done that. I just didn't have the confidence to, well, I had the confidence. I think I just like, I don't know. It was a weird time. My medication made me really loopy mm-hmm. and I wrote to to be or not to be collective in the UK and they were like "Hell yeah we'll have you and then I was like oh okay cool and then I met up with them and I posed for them we did like a half hour introduction and they told me like what they were expecting and they knew I hadn't done it before and I did it and afterwards all the artists were like you've never modeled before, you were so good at staying still. And like, I think cause I am an artist and so many figure drawing classes, I know like the angles and I know what artists like to see when they're drawing.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, it, uh, it just kind of happened and I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, I have time. I had, I got laid off. I finally had energy to do things again. And, um, through that, other classes started reaching out to me. And then I think I reached out to Brixton. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, pretty much everyone else has reached out to me to ask me to pose, which is wild.
0: So it, has your modeling all been through lockdown or is it before that?
1: All mm-hmm. lockdown. I've never done it in person. All
0: lockdown. So do you think going back out of coming out of lockdown, you would want to do it in person?
1: Absolutely. Or? I think about that a lot now because I don't want a real job real quote-unquote real job again like a nine to five mm. and I would really like to do it mm. do you ever get nervous so no, no. <laughs> I was talking to my sister earlier on the phone and she was like you've always been naked <laughs> like yeah. I she was like you were born naked and you never put clothes on like Ooh. I am always naked <laughs> And I just feel really comfortable being naked and Mm. uh, even though it's kind of weird, even when I wasn't as secure in my body, I was just like, I'm home, why would I wear clothes? So, like, I'm staying with my mom currently um, because when I got laid off, I had to leave my apartment, so... (laughs) It's been fun. I'm almost 30, staying with my mother, and she's always like, "You're in the kitchen. Put some pants on. What are you doing?" She's like, "I don't see your ass all the time. I'm like whatever, mom. Like, you made so, this you exactly." Made this. <laughs> so no, I don't really get nervous. I think what I was most nervous about was being able to hold the poses, or would I like? More just like logistical, like, am I going to be in frame on the, like on my mm. phone? Is this a good pose? Will the artists like it? I always wonder how you, how you
0: and other models hold poses. There's some I- difficult work, even, even some that are quite simple and you still like, they're like, oh yeah, you're going to be here for half an hour or something. I I know I'm such a fidgeter. I have to move like, every second.
1: What do you do when you feel like that? It's kind of funny because I do have ADD and I do move around and I'm always shaking my leg in real life. But I also, I think because of my yoga background and because I've done a lot of like restorative yoga classes, which is holding poses for 15 to 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. it just kind of comes naturally to me. So I, when I'm holding a pose, it's a meditative state to me. So I kind of like, just kind of like go off into this like little meditation but Mm. because I am a newbie I I end up in poses sometimes where I don't where I'm not uh I don't have like even distribution of weight between like both sides of my body and I'm just like oh crap (laughs) (laughs) like I I posed for a long pose session recently and it was a 25 minute pose and I was on my side and I was like how am I gonna hold this (laughs) and I did it's a lot of just like well we're here
0: just gotta keep
1: going (laughs) just gotta do it just like
0: like, slowly sort of just melt (laughs) into something else
1: I (laughs) did kind of adjust a little bit I'm like maybe they won't notice (laughs) (laughs) but like your foot falls asleep and I'm just like "Mm," it's it's an exercise of like strength not strength but just like yeah like how like resilience I guess it's just like how can you work through this and so far I mean I haven't been doing this very long but so far I've been able to hold all the poses even if they're kind of mm-hmm. dumb ones
0: I love um, that you you said you find it is almost like meditative is that what like is that the right word like you find med- it meditative meditative yeah I, I love how you found yeah. it like that like in a way you're even though we're sort of in our own zen or mm-hmm. you you also are in the sense of like you're trying to zone out and concentrate on maybe your breathing or like to keep this pose. like I think I never thought of that as a model you might actually be thinking or doing something because you just sort of draw that person and think well that they're just this is just what they're doing but actually there's other stuff going on in your head while you're posing
1: yeah totally and I think it's because I have have a the best meditation I don't meditate as much as I used to, but I think there's something when I get into a stillness, Mm -hmm. my body automatically is like, we're meditating now. But yeah, I think as an artist, you don't really think, I remember when I was in college, the first time I did a figure drawing class, I'm like, are they thinking about us looking at them naked? Like, are they uncomfortable? Mm. And, but yeah, I think as an artist, you're in your own meditative state drawing and focusing on like the contours and the shapes of the model. And you're not really thinking like, oh, what, what's going on in their head?
0: Mm. What? Well, so you said before you went into life drawing that you. You came out of art college, art school, and you didn't really know where, which way to go. You felt like, in terms of ambition, you didn't really have it in you to do something other than that. Like, in your head, what was ambition in that sort of state?
1: Before? You mean
0: post-college? Yeah, yeah. And, and how has it changed to now?
1: So, after college... I don't really know why I went to school for art. I didn't really go to school to get a job. I was just like, I like to make things. And um, you're so good
0: at it. Your paintings you. are amazing.
1: Thank you. It's I didn't make anything for about a year and a half. It's only recently that I started uh, creating again. So it feels really nice. Um, but I always thought I would maybe be like a professor or teach art because I didn't. I never really wanted anything very like traditional. That's just not something I've tried to do. And it just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a blessing in disguise that I got laid off from my nine to five perception job. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I really had any ambition when I left college. I was just like, I was a barista and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And now I'm just motivated to happiness and fulfillment and creativity are really what drive me. And I don't, yeah that's my best
0: answer I don't know. no I think nobody it's a hard question because nobody really know. well some people might have a like this is exactly exactly what I want to do but the right. majority of people don't know what they're doing even today like you do what you're doing but you don't really know where you're going but I think right. ambition's an interesting one because you say like before you weren't really sure if you had ambitions but you in a sense do, like you've just answered it, that, that you just want to do stuff that makes you happy. Is art and creativity something that's just always been, is, is it in your family or what made you want to do something
1: creative? i It's safe to say I think I'm the most visually creative person in my family. Ever since I can remember, I was always drawing, making things. My dad loves to tell the story about, I used to never sleep when I was a kid I still don't sleep I have a really bad sleep schedule and um I had one of these like fabric binders for school like the ones that you zip up and Mm -hmm. open up and put your papers in and I just could never like elementary school he like woke up to find me on the floor and I cut off the fabric part of the binder and like sewed it into like a a shirt for my like teddy bear or something like I was all is doing something hands-on like that. I was always destroying everything and like turning it into yeah. something else. So everyone in my family always assumed that I would be a starving artist in some way. My sister all said that um, she would make sure she had a basement for me to live in if she ever got married. And I, like everyone always assumed I just like would be floating because I did backpack for a while after college and I was like I don't want a home I just want to like travel around now as I've gotten older that's changed a little bit but she's like if you do decide you can always live in my basement and you can I'll like I'll support you like everyone's always assumed that like I might need to be (laughs) like have help from my family at some point if I'm just a star but (laughs) would you say let's just
0: say you've you've been backpacking and I guess you've had the tendency of wanting to do stuff that perhaps doesn't fit into a norm. Like why do you think that is in terms of independence? I think that's quite interesting.
1: I think it is a very independent thing. I think I've always just wanted to, I don't, I don't know what it is. And I I know I've been like this ever since I can remember. And it just feels like part of my being. I'm just like, I just don't, it felt very rebellious when I was younger and now I'm almost 30 and it's more just wanting to be creative and expressive and just have to do what I want to do and not have to fit into what society says we need to do. <laughs> mm, but it's, it's much less rebellious now. And now I'm, I'm not like, I'm going to back back and live on the streets or anything like that anymore. Now it's, it's a lot more, I just don't, I just, I'm like, I know I need to like have a 401k and like have health insurance and like make sure those things are taken care of, but also make sure that I'm created. Like I'm fulfilling these like creative needs that I have. Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So it's sort of like, I feel like perhaps it's you, you feel like you keep itching to create and you're itching to do something new maybe, and don't want to stay in one place. Um, like you say, you don't want to stay to a nine to five. You don't want to just sort of be doing the same thing every day. Um, and in the same way, you might want to like get up and go somewhere for yeah. however long and decide to live somewhere else for a bit because like in a way of independence, perhaps it's you don't want someone sort of governing what you do. And then maybe that comes back to sort of your body image as well. as well Yeah. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but perhaps that is because, you know, you don't want somebody telling you you've got to shave your hair. And it's like, well, actually, you know, I'm in control of my body and my decisions. Do you think that
1: perhaps independence plays a role in that? Yeah, I never thought about it, but that makes complete sense. And it's true. It's just like people, are like, you, yeah, you should shave, you should lose weight, you should dress this way. And it's like, but Why? It's a lot of questioning, like, but why? Who told you that? Every time someone says like, you, you shouldn't have a unibrow, you need to wax your eyebrows. I'm like, but who told you that? Where did that belief come from? And yeah, no, it it definitely plays a role in independence. And it's just, it's just, it all comes down to authenticity and just being comfortable with who I am and not trying to change myself to meet some sort of norms or standards. Would you
0: say there was somebody who perhaps inspired you in like what you do, what you do or um, sort of your body image and all of that?
1: Or is there like a particular moment perhaps that inspired you? So I can't think of one person in particular, but what I will say is growing up with social media and like because I feel like millennials, we, we definitely grew up with technology and like Facebook and Instagram and when Instagram, sorry, when Instagram started, it was the first time I think we could see bodies in a, like in a sexy hot way uh, that were different, like outside of um, like magazines or traditional media, because we're the ones controlling it and we're the ones who are posting So it was, there was definitely like when the body positivity movement started, um, even though I know some people have issues with that terminology now, I like to say body acceptance more. um, I feel like there were just, there was a surgence of like people of different shapes and sizes showing themselves in a way that I had before. And that definitely inspired me to start showing my body in ways I never felt comfortable showing before. So it's not really one particular person in particular, but it was, it was, it felt like, it was like, oh, finally, I see someone who looks like me. I never saw that growing up. So now when I post, like um, when I post my belly online or like how I have this, like that I used to hide all the time. And now when I'm like Of unapologetically just like showing off my body. And people reach out to me and they're like, I've never seen someone with the same body type. Like that's that means a lot to me. And that's why I why I do it. And I was inspired by other people who did it as well. Mm. So sort of like as a collective, you feel
0: like you're a part of something. And that that almost pushed you to be like, actually, I feel like I belong in this space. And I'm happy to sort of be who I am in this space. And it's so true, even today. Even though you see it so much on social media, yet when you look in magazines and you look on TV and films, it's still it's still got so such a long way to go. But you sort of look at social media and think, why are they not responding to what is on here? Like this is literally telling people what people want or what what society is like now
1: and accepting now. Exactly, and I think that media has adjusted a little bit but they still have such a far way to go and if there's like a plus size model or a trans model or someone with body hair or something it's a thing it's a big deal it's not just there do you know what I mean like it's not it's just like we introduced this one plus size model and it's like a big ordeal (laughs) it's just like no can it just be bodies and humans and it's definitely gotten better but we have a long way to go yeah for sure
0: So I perhaps I don't know as much about this subject, which is why you're on it or talking about it. And, you know, I mentioned body positivity and you said straight away, okay, I think I'll use it. I use a different term and I'm not too comfortable with that term. What does body positivity mean to you? And perhaps why are you not so inclined to use it?
1: So it's more just that I've heard I I I try to be really mindful and I know that there, there's a lot of discussion and I, I, I can't speak too heavily on the issue with body positivity itself. I just know it's been kind of muddied up. Um, and but yeah, there's a whole other discussion that I'm actually not too familiar with. I just know that like people are kind of hesitant to use it now and like, maybe it's not being used in the way that it was intended for, but to me, it's just a, self-love is what I like to talk about a lot and just like accepting your body and feeling beautiful no matter where you are now and even if like I feel like I've gotten a lot of hate from people who are like so you think someone who's obese is beautiful or you think this person's beautiful like yes everyone is beautiful exactly as they are right now and that's what it means to me, it's just accepting your body. Even if you want to change, even if you are want to lose weight, gain weight, whatever, you need to love yourself today as it is now. Even if you're making changes, do you think
0: it's a word then that should be used for everyone? Because it seems to be used sort of for people who maybe are a plus size model. you you know that it's used in that sense in that way. Do you think? it's maybe slightly um, of a risky term. Maybe. I,
1: I think that, I think some people would look at me and say, "I oh, Ali uses body positivity, but she's only a size like 14, 16 US, which is like an XL, 1XL. I don't want to offend because I know I use the term fat to describe myself and I know some Larger people would say to me, Well, you're still um you still have an advantage because you can still fit into some lines of clothing. So it's a little, it's it's a yeah. lot.
0: <laughs> Everyone sort of has their say in what they think the term should be for yourself. Yeah. And sort of what they think it means. And like when you go when it becomes a conversation of online then you also also could probably get confused on what words can I use for myself? But I think self-love and self-acceptance, like you said, is, is it It, at the end of the day, that is what it's, what it is. It's being positive about who you are and um, embracing it. And I think you do that. And how, how do you, you, are you always like that? Like, have you always been like that and are there days when you, Cause I know for, for me, I'm, there are days when I'm like, gosh, I do not look good. Like you, it's hard to sometimes always be on, be on that high. There are days yeah. when you're low, there are days when you're high. So how do you
1: sort of, uh, be, try and be positive most of the time? So I, most of my life, I did not like my appearance, my body. I was bullied a lot when I was younger. Um, and I, I used to really dislike my body, um and it wasn't until it was a couple of years ago i think it was like 5 or 6 years ago where i started taking really unflattering pictures of my body at like these i think i i think Brixton posted a quote uh where i talked about this but i it was when i first started growing out my leg hair and I took these pictures of myself, like I put the camera like under my belly and like all these weird angles and I took pictures of it and then I would draw from that as reference. And after I got out of a long-term relationship and moved here to North Carolina, before I found uh, a job, I spent a lot of time drawing myself and through drawing myself, I learned to really appreciate my body and I was not scared to look at my body anymore. I feel like there are so many people parts of me that I tried to ignore or like yeah just like parts of my body I was like I don't want to see that and then I kept looking at it and then I just became more comfortable with it and then I started taking photos and posting them online and through that I just I don't know I I I just gained acceptance of what I looked like and then over time I was just like I'm hot (laughs) like I was just like hell yeah." yeah like, I don't need to look a certain way. Like my body's awesome. (laughs) But yeah, I think it was, I think it all does tie in like the creativity and like the, I don't know what it was. It was, it was just like, I had been trying to ignore myself for so long. And then I forced myself to really see myself. Mm. Uh, So now yeah, I don't really have days. I think that I spent so much of like my childhood and my teenage years obsessing over my looks, not feeling comfortable, changing my outfits constantly, thinking I looked fat, thinking I looked gross. I don't have that. I don't experience that anymore, but it might be because I see myself nude constantly. I'm naked (laughs) online. I'm naked for like figure drawing classes. My body's, (laughs) you know, like you can see a lot of me on my social media and I don't have that anymore. I don't ever like. I don't ever like put on an outfit and go like, "Ugh, this looks bad on me," which I spent so much of my life doing. Now it's more just like, "I'm tired today. I'm a potato," but I'm not like, (laughs) but I'm not like. I don't have
0: those thoughts anymore. That's so interesting. That is so true because I feel like everybody should. I want to do that now because you should. Yeah, like even when you're drawing a like drawing a model, you you start drawing that person, and then you're like, wow, that that curve is amazing, or the way mm-hmm. that they're like their arm is set, like you begin to really appreciate the body, and you think, why can't you think of that of yourself? Like, exactly. you, you see the face value of what what a person looks like, and then you start drawing them, and you realize, oh wow, it's so like their body is so amazing. And that makes complete sense. Like if you were to do that of yourself, then you're actually taking it away from like the picture of it and actually like mm-hmm. focusing on that curve there or like that where that mark is or like that mole maybe that you don't like mm-hmm. and you're trying to hide. Like, yeah, I think that I never thought you would say that, but it makes complete sense. And it also makes complete sense why you would want to be a model but, and why you perhaps were good straight away at being a model because you knew your body and you knew how to draw your body and you knew and you weren't afraid to show it because you Mm -hmm. you know you've got to a stage where you're you're comfortable um in any pose and and being naked like being free yeah I really hope you enjoyed part one of the conversation with Avocado Ali. Part two, we talk about how sex work and OnlyFans plays a role in her life and her independence. If you want to find out more about Ali in the meantime, you can head to social platforms, avocado underscore Ali. You can also find the updates on the podcast at Miss Independent Podcast lastly if you did love this episode please do share it with a friend get in touch let me know what you think it's been so nice hearing from some of you saying how much you've loved the previous episodes and on that note thank you so much for listening chat to you soon